Back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark produces Spin the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 87737-GRIND. All right, man, uh, keeping it rolling, sticking to the NFL theme here as we roll into our number two. Um, all right, so the Pittsburgh gets the five and three bottom line no matter how they did it they won another game and like i said that's about that's comes down to having a hall of fame coach and a hall of fame culture and and really just like the stand like i said the standards are standard that's why i always say some of the good coaches are worth two or three wins alone you know in the national football league and that kind of explains to how this offense could be really just stagnant and then pretty much you know Still be a five and three, two games above 500. Um, looking at some of the big games on the NFL Sunday docket, uh, Dallas Cowboys travel to the city of brotherly love to take on the Eagles. Uh, what's at stake at this one? Um, there's quite a bit, you know, I think, you know, for Dallas, I believe like this is the second opportunity that they will have, um, with all eyes on them, you know, um, speaking of, you know, last time was a primetime game against the 49ers, but this is technically going to have a primetime feel with the viewers and the eyes that are going to be on this game uh, to really show that, okay, things are different. Um, and we've kind of grown from that 49ers game. Now, since that 49ers game, Dallas fans would tell you, 49ers has went south, okay? And Dallas has had a couple convincing wins, you know, since then, coming off one and really against the Rams. Um, in this particular game, what I'm looking for is how is Dallas going to, with, with the offensive line that has dealt with some injuries pretty much all year so far, speaking of Dallas, how are they going to hold up against this particular Philly defensive line and defensive front? Um, that's one of the that's one of the key things I'm looking for is the battle within the trenches, and then you know who else is going to step up for Dallas offensively uh, when it comes to those trips in the red zone? Um, because I believe that I just don't think Philly. Even though they haven't really looked their best, I don't think that they're going to let, you know, C.D. Lamb, which is coming off of his best game of the year, beat them. It's going to have to be some other body going into. And the one elephant in the room that no one's really talking about when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, um, Tony Pollard has been missing for a while. It really has. And that means Dallas's run game has really been missing. Um, and I believe in this particular game against Philly, you're going to have to have some type of running game to keep this game, I won't say close, but keep this game in the in the arm reach of you having an opportunity and a chance to go ahead and win. And so, therefore, um, Philly, this is an opportunity. You know, the Eagles – 
have yet to really have that type of game this season in my opinion and it's and I do feel like for people in the media and for people to say that is kind of unfair to a certain extent because really when we talk about it they're really chasing their teams of the past like last year's team when we say that because I believe it's like we know that they have one of the best rosters if not the best roster in the National Football League but I think we have to find a way that due to the fact that they're not blowing teams out like they were at this time of the year last year where games were over at halftime we're kind of looking like okay you know can they get back to that game in February or or have they taken a step back what's going on when we're really just judging them against their team last for against the team they had last year when you, if you look at especially in the NFC and the landscape I mean you look at the 49ers that are on a three game losing streak their schedule's not going to get any easier you've seen Dallas uh have their share of problems and really when they went up against the toughest opponent so far on their schedule speaking of 49ers they got a beat down so this is the first opportunity this is round 1 of what could potentially be a three-round fight because there is a chance these two teams, if they stay in good health, they could see each other again in the postseason. So we know there's only there's another game after this for a trip for Philly to go to Dallas. So it's very it's going to be very intriguing. And, and again, you know, this is another opportunity for Dak Prescott uh, to show up and perform well uh, in a big game. I, I think the last game <sighs> – that Dak really that was like there was there was some magnitude to it that Dak really just took the bull by the horns and, and shut up all the naysayers and the haters was that Tampa Bay Bucks playoff game uh, the last one against Tom you know uh, last year I think that is the probably the last game regular season postseason or whatever up to this point that it was a lot riding on it and Dak really stepped up and showed showed out so. Um, this is this another opportunity for him. And you're letting me know that Jerry Jones has kind of – I know yesterday we, we kind of talked, I think it was on Tuesday, you know, I kind of brought up the fact that Dallas staying pat um, and comparing them to the Eagles and the 49ers staying pat at the trade deadline. And you said Jerry has kind of was asked about that and had some comments about that. What exactly did he say? Yeah, on his weekly appearance on 105.3 in Dallas, um, the Athletic quotes him as saying in, in their transcript, quote, we made our trading deadline before the season started. That's why we traded for Stephon Gilmore, and that's why we traded for Brandon Cooks. Thank goodness we had the opportunity to get that trading deadline done back before we started the season. Garbage. Don't tell me that's why we did trade. Okay, and then and and I mean, Diggs went down. I mean, you could say you went to Gilmore. No, I mean, look, only time will tell on this whether they should have or they could have or they made the right decision staying pat. The only way that it's gonna, you know. Prove Jerry right, um, and to sit there and say you see you were right, it was okay. You'd have to go win the whole thing because if you come up short, whether it's the NFC Championship game, the Super Bowl, the divisional round, whatever the case may be, the question that and it's not just the Dallas Cowboys, all thirty-one other teams will have the same question, and especially the teams that qualify for the playoffs that don't host the Lombardi. Did we do enough? Did was there something else that we could we could have done? 
all I like the only reason why I even brought this up was the fact that you know what because like I just alluded to talking about this game Tony Pollard has been a no-show for a minute now granted Tony's coming off a serious injury and and it does take time look these athletes heal faster now the medicine the surgeries the 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 treatment they get is is evolving it's better they can recover to get back out do this but at the end of the day it still takes time to get your strength all the way back when you are a football player especially at the running back position and you're going to be touching the ball every other play, it takes a while to get your confidence and your strength back if you ever do. Maybe that's a little bit going on with Pollard, but reality, there's 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 spots on these this team if they really wanted to, they could have tried to make an effort to go and improve. What do you got? Yeah, to your point, you look at Pollard's stats this season. Hasn't recorded a 100-yard game since week three. Uh, at Arizona hasn't scored a touchdown since he scored two against the Giants uh, speaking of uh, either receiving or rushing touchdowns last three weeks uh, has combined for barely 100 yards uh, 53 last week against the Rams but just 30 and 29 before that and if I feel my window is closing or my fan base is starving to get a Lombardi or at least get to that game hell get to an NFC championship game it might, you know, Derrick Henry might not have been available. It might not be Derrick Henry, but I've got to go find somebody to see if I can bring another running back in. Not for even if it's not long term. I mean, Pollard is going to be their running back for the next few years to come. You know that that's not the topic here. That's not my point. The point is right now, twenty twenty three. You can sit there and say, "Are we strong enough at the corner position?" You know, losing digs changed some things. You know, it did affect them. Is there a corner we can go get? You know, it's just I can't sit there and not bring this up or call bull bull jive. I should say bull jerky. Man, get the bull jerky and give me one in wings. <laughs> Coach Fry, AC laughs every time this girl. Like I can't I can't dig with that bull jerky. Come on, man. Like I can't do that when I see Philly. When I see the 49ers for two years in a row, I mean, you're talking about the two teams that have got the top two rosters in football that are making moves at the deadline. You got the Detroit Lions who are hotter than fish grease since last season, since they started one and five last season. And they made a move this, this just a few days ago. And trust me, it's not an uproar from Dallas fans for the most part. There's some up there, but it's not going to be an uproar until they ask is going home again. And then somebody looked like, well, damn, man, we had a chance. To, we didn't do anything. And again, that's just go. So Jerry's excuse he's given about, oh, well, we did our trade. And also, we did, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, whatever. No, no. Some organizations get it. Everybody pulling on every rope. Owners that will do whatever to win. And there's some that are not. And I do think Jerry is an owner that really wants to win. Jerry wants to win. He's not one of those owners I speak of that don't really care about winning. He wants to win. He wants to do it his way and get the credit for it. But he wants to win. 877-37-GRIND. Also, the other big matchup is taking place over in Germany. Just terrible. You know, I can't keep, you know, 
restating that enough. This is a game that should be playing in Arrowhead. It should have towers of booze from Chiefs Kingdom waiting to shower Tyreek Hill as, as, as his name gets introduced or every time he touches the ball. But no, we've got to play this in Germany where a portion of fans are going to be wearing Kansas City jerseys. Other portion in Germany is going to be wearing jerseys that the team's not even playing and never going to come play in Germany. And the other portion are going to be wearing Dolphins jerseys. But no, this is this is about expanding the global game. It's garbage. This is the second game of the week that should be played on U.S. American soil. And it's not. You know, I would have loved to see Germany's national team when 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 Mr. Jurgen Klimson was playing. Play one of their games, bring it over to U.S. Just how we're going to play one over just because just because. But I digress. This is a big matchup. And um, again, kind of like what I just said about Dallas, Miami. This is another opportunity, even though it's going to be early. Sunday morning, this is going to be a lot of eyes. It's probably going to be the most watched, you know, London or Germany game on the network probably in years. Because I think, you know, from I mean, from a fantasy football standpoint, a gambling standpoint to just diehard Chiefs and Miami Dolphins, there's going to be a lot of people waking up early to see this one. And to me, this is an opportunity for Miami to get that Miami doesn't have that win yet they don't have it they tried against Philly didn't get it they don't have that signature win yet now I like Mike McDaniels okay I really do you got kids dressing up him as a Halloween like Mike McDaniels can't even take that as a compliment at a press conference I like Mike but they have I don't believe it why would a kid want to dress me? I don't. I don't believe it. Well, it's really because it sucks to the team. I'm like Mike, chill out, man. But I like the guy. But I don't know if I like his comments saying, "Well, the season doesn't really hinge on the results of this game." He's right, but technically he's wrong for making that comment because it's it's almost like you're putting out there like hey we get beat because what that shows and tells me and I told you they all do that lets me know that the chatter from like I just said they haven't beat anybody they've only beat teams with winning records combined of two and eight whatever they, they didn't beat it he knows that that's out there so to me it almost sounds like you're putting it out there like hey you know what if we lose again our goals and everything are still in front of us, which is true. But why put that out there publicly if you're not trying to give your team a crutch already? I will tell you this. Be prepared. Because I've kind of been a little head scratch. Like, ah, you know, I thought they'd be a little better. Be prepared for Miami's defense to look different when Vic Vangio gets Jalen Ramsey in the fold. Which I do believe Jalen Ramsey's going to be at this game. I know he played. I think he got some spot duty last. He's going to be in this game, and I think their defense. This is the type of game that you want, and you need a Jalen Ramsey and what you have with Vic. Now, can Miami duplicate defensively what the Broncos did to Kansas City last week, and what people try to do? I mean, the, 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 the I'm going to say the blueprint. But Vance Joseph was in his bag. And, and, and to me, you could talk about, you know, fever, flu, swine flu. At the end of the day, K- 
watching Vic Vangio because it is that whole cover and Vic's kind of been the best, but that whole safety two cover and all that kind of stuff that keeps Patrick and keeps the deep ball and make him go matriculate. He did a little bit better job last year. Get it? That is still a calculus problem that hurts Patrick Mahomes is the fact of making him be patient and go all the way down the field matriculating instead of hitting the big plays in this. What's going to happen? Who's going to step up if Vic finds a way to take Travis Kelsey out? Because that's really the million-dollar question right now with the Chiefs, no matter who they play. Who else is going to step up? Because for the first time, and that's why I believe the people last year was a year early who were saying they're going to miss Tyreek Hill, and they went on Super Bowl and was like, oh, hey, we don't need Tyreek Hill. You jabronis, you got to fight for your right. Well, somebody need to fight for their right to get their ass open if Travis can't. Because if not, these L's about to pile up for Chiefs Kingdom. Because it's so long a defense. I mean, their bright spot, bright spot is their defense. The interesting thing to me is they've seen them in practice for years. What is Spagnola going to do to contain the cheetah? And then Waddle. This is a game that should be played Sunday night, having to listen to Chris Collinsworth, not in Germany. Man, we helped him bring down the Berlin Wall, and now we got to take the NFL over there, the best matchup as well, too. You know? You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark spinning the one and twos on this R&B Friday. 
Today's show is being presented by Dosakis Get a Dose, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pentland Whiskey. Pentland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pentland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich, complex flavor. Keep in mind, Pentland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, and it's an official whiskey the professional bull riding tour which is the pbr velocity tour and it's an official whiskey of the sports grind and an official sponsor of the sports grind all right so keeping it moving here all right reading some of the comments before we move on here um up here on facebook live we've got uh Adam Longoria checking in, um, saying Vrabel uh, is trying to play it down like Belichick. Malik is going to be um, cheap backup on a rookie deal. I doubt they free him. Um, I don't know about that. I, I think that if you are going to move forward with Will Levitz and obviously you draft him in the second round, you're probably going to look for a veteran-proved backup. Um, I, I don't think his situation – first of all, I don't know if Will Levitt – I mean, excuse me, Malik Willis's agent is going to kind of go for that. Um, you know, Will, You know, he was drafted by this organization, Tennessee, to have an opportunity to take over Ryan Tannehill. I've said it before when it went down. This was a disagreement from the former GM and the head coach in the building about Malik Willis. The only reason why Will Levis was drafted was because Malik Willis was one of those quarterbacks that it was divided in in the organization where they won't even draft him or not. So I don't think I hear what you're saying, Adam, about the the cheap rookie deal backup, but you don't Malik isn't experienced. And he's not getting reps to be able to even see. I don't know. I'm sure I feel like he could be an NFL quarterback, but I don't know 100% if Malik Willis could really be an NFL quarterback. But I know he's he's been done dirty up in Tennessee, getting caught up into some front office and organizational disagreements and not really given the opportunity. So I don't see if you're going to turn the page and if we're talking about 2024, I don't see how you go in with a uh, second-year quarterback and Will Levitz and he's the guy but you're going to have a guy that's going to back him up that only came the draft before him and really has not displayed or had the opportunity. I, I kind of disagree with that. I think it's it's one or the other, and they've chosen Will Levitz, in my opinion. Uh, keep going. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Joshua Medina. I just want to hear from anti uh, – what do you say? Anti – was it – Anti-tank fans. Oh, anti-tank fans. Okay, because you scrolled over. I just want to hear from anti-tape fans right now. Last night was Wimby's first arrival. Um, you know, I, I can kind of hear a little bit what Joshua is saying. I mean, the anti-tank, you know, tank, I mean, I, I would tell you this. It, 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 that noise pretty much came from the fan base that – of the Spurs that really couldn't stomach that didn't it, regardless of the, the prize. I mean, hell I live with one. I mean, I mean, of course everything's all gravy now, but it wasn't peaches and cream trying to go through that. Even if that's technically, you know, the whole tanking situation. So well, what do you got? Well, it's also that side that I resided on that believed that there was still more that the talent that we're seeing here around Wemby was there. Uh, but that there were other ways to go ahead and acquire 
whether it be through other trades. Uh, understanding that free agency is always difficult, but that that Devin Vassell was more than what he was the last two years, uh, what he is now, but believing the last two years that he had this in him and having to push back against those that said, they don't have any dogs on this roster. There, there's not anybody on here that can help, you know, that, that's going to really win, win, win on this team. Um, and then you look at, I mean, look at a free agent acquisition, uh, 90% sure it was free agent, but grabbing Osman, that he might've been part of a trade over the summer. I, I can't recall directly, but getting Jetty Osmond and what he's providing, for anybody who's who's unfamiliar with his name, the one that wears number sixteen during the games, guy from Cleveland, right? yeah. yeah, three and D yeah. leader, scorer, brings a lot of experience, works around the basket. I mean, he brings it all. He's not a star, but he's another piece. Hmm. And so there was a portion that was also I'm, I'm, I was anti tank. Especially because there, you, I did believe that there was more to this roster. We're seeing it. They needed a superstar to really bring it all together. You were anti-tank? Yeah, because well, because it's, it's either it's either get all on board with the tank or don't get on or, or don't or don't. Um, there was more to I, I to push for. I didn't believe that the city could really handle tanking. I a lot, a lot of people really hopped off in the fact that they were like, "Well, this isn't the Spurs I grew up with." Well, no, because you're chasing a different chasing it a different way. But there are two ways to rebuild a team. One is by bottoming out, and the other one is by continuing to grab mid-first round uh, talent by continuing to contend. And then you just say, okay, well, maybe we find a Giannis at 15. So, I mean, from the other side, not everybody was... I, and I'm eating my words now too because well I remember you had with the tank worked we had those it conversations off air I know you've said that before about Kansas City stomach because were, I remember those but I don't remember, trust me I would I, I don't remember I'm gonna give you a little bit more credit than that because I don't remember you being that I, I think Adam I mean Joshua excuse me or who said that was it Joshua or who had the anti yeah Josh Medina okay yeah. Joshua I think Josh I, I don't think I put you in the category of anti-tank i think josh was talking about the people that were just lost just looked at it as well like this is dumb because at the end of the day what you want to call it first of all there's two things because before we move back to football two things i don't know if you want to call it tanking or what do you want to call it this is not the first time this organization has done this okay like i said david robinson was very healthy to come back and play in that season in 90 what was that 96 97 i believe yeah and before we even knew what tanking was back, that word wasn't really called that way. And Barkley to this day has not let them off the hook for that and the Tim thing. So that's one. So this ain't the first time this for this franchise is not built through free agency. It never will be. As long as it resides in San Antonio, it will never be built through free agency. It would have to be through the draft. Now, I will tell you that number two. There's no out of all the losing and all that in the take. There was no guarantee they were going to get Wimby, you know, or, or even that there, this yeah, year was the uh, year to get him because Cade Cunningham went number one overall. Zion went number one overall. Um, Chet Holmgren went number one overall, and two of those guys have struggled had struggled to stay on the floor. Even Cunningham struggled to stay on the floor for their first few uh-huh. years. Well, look, it's done. He's here. Um, Enjoy it. Yeah, it's time to kind of like get this team going to learn how to win, and I think that's what Pop's going to do. Um, but yet and still, I'm not going to be prison the moment 
and think that the word, the work and the job is complete over a two game winning streak in the desert. You know, because like I said in the first hour, it, it it's going to come time here pretty soon that they're not going to sneak up anybody. I don't care if the desert has them projected to win 29 games or not. Because these guys got pride. And, you know, and, and it's crazy. That, and I, I did want to put this one out there because, you know, I text a, a, a spur buddy of mine last night. And, you know, I don't go to this car. I don't ever go that. And I'll push back to half the city that always wants to go to that. But one of the things getting lost in this whole 38 and 10 last night and some of those ones you could see, you you could see from the refs the way they officiate Wimby. They're not wanting to give him anything. There there was two or three plays that were and one. So like I mean, on KD had two of them. They didn't call the one on, and, and meaning like and Wimby's doing a good job of handling that and looking. But you could tell with all the hype, the whole overload. 39th national tell the refs are really trying not that they're hating or whatever they're just looking like we ain't giving you nothing early and, and a lot of that has to do in their defense they're still getting he's a hard guy to officiate okay i knew that challenge that they that they call the foul on him shooting i knew they're gonna lose that challenge. I'm like hey, yeah he's way tall you hit him rich you hit him on the elbow that's still a foul so, so he, it, it's it's one of those that I think this is just again. I, I'm not going to be prison the moment, but this is a project that's still in working. And I think that along with the players he's surrounded with, because it was funny last night. You know, I read lips, and I had a, and I had to rewind it, and I'd say, and AC, I was like, dude, did, was who was that that was walking? Was that Pop and Keldon Johnson? It was like that 9-0 run that they were on, and he was walking. They called a timeout, and Phoenix called a timeout, and Pop was walking, and Keldon was the first one, and he's like, man, this MF is rolling. And I was like, did Keldon just say that to the and, – and I'm broke. I said, he sure did with Pop. It was hilarious to me. I'm like, wow. So, it, I think the team around him, the referees, everybody is getting adjusted on how to be on the court with this guy. Team – opposing team, Spurs, refs, everywhere. So, to me, it's still an inflow situation that should – that could be must-TV to go ahead and continue to watch. What do you got? You want to add something from him? Yeah, and I believe uh, Tony Brothers was on the officiating crew last night again. Oh, uh, remember, well, remember oh, he was gosh. there for the first game against the Mavs. I feel like his whistle was in his pocket better. This one is what I'm trying to give him some credit for because the first time that, again, how do you officiate Wemby? Mm-hmm. And in, in the first game, nearly fouled out right. uh, because you also have to learn, well, okay, well, at his size – there's certain things like if a guy's pulling his arm and it looks like he's pushing him, but the guy, but you can't see the fact that he's got his arm locked up behind him just because of again the, the size difference. Felt like brothers called a better game last night. Okay, I'm just pausing because I ain't gonna let you turn Tony Brothers into Joey Crawford down here with the two one zero now. Because Joey Crawford, ever since that Joey could never step. It was oh god, we got Joey tonight. Oh god, we got Crawford tonight. I mean. I get it. I mean, but you again, you got some reps the first game. Like I told you, they want to kind of inject themselves and be more. It was a lot of ticky-tack. But, again, everybody's got to get adjusted with him being on the court. But moving on, though, what do you got? Well, if we can go back to comments, we do have a few more to get to. Um, Over on your personal Facebook page, Edward Uh Johnson said, Spurs got some really good pieces. They, like the Cavs, just need to gel. Those are two teams to watch develop. I, look, I, I've seen the Cavs early. I think the Cavs are dealing with some injuries, so I'm going to proceed with caution. The Cavs early on look a little disappointing that they took a step back a little bit now, but I think they're missing like two guys. Darius Garland being one of them. And also, what's my big guy like? The man that my man that came from Brooklyn. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Say that they're the Cavs. I don't know, man. I, I You know, again, 
they might be in a little bit better position than the Cavs, but let's see. Uh, let, let, let's see how it plays out because there's a lot of basketball left to be played, and I think that they're sooner or later, quickly, whether Spurs are going to be a playoff team or not, they're going to start making sure some of these bona fide playoff teams that we know this is going to be playoff bound, they Spurs are going to start getting some of their best. They're not going to – no one in the NBA is going to want to see a 19-year-old kid come. The difference between Tim Duncan, man, Tim Duncan was four years at Wake Forest. Tim Duncan could buy alcohol by the time he showed up. I think Tim Duncan was already married by the time he came up to 210. Wimby is 19, and if he wasn't tall, even if he wasn't that play basketball, just by his baby face, he would get carded everywhere he went. This is no pro, no other NBA team that's got veterans and that are, you know, championship or playoff bound. They're they're going to be taking the Spurs like they're one of the they're one of the contenders. One because they're going to start getting a lot of attention, and two, nobody wants this going down in their watch with a 19 year old what a 19 year old you know we'll see we'll see because even i thought shaq i was like you know normally like shaq knows more basketball than me than maybe two lifetimes but i will tell you when he was like well we've seen this before we've seen him bobo what that's why kenny looked at him like he said yeah man bobo could put it down and ironic next game when we got 38 like hey bobo ain't never had no 38 and even 19 like i ain't we ain't seen this before you know, now I'm, I'm, you know, I know Shaq, you know, because and, and I know that in Shaq because a lot of that's coming like, hold on, because remember, and what's ironic about that, Wimby's game last night puts him in a category. I think it puts him in the record book notes to Shaq. I think him and Shaq are, I think, are the uh, one of the only two guys or three guys, I think, in their first five games that have a 30 point or something like that. It's something he, he put himself in company around with Shaq. So I thought that was ironic. Only a game after Shaq made his comments on TNT the other night, but keeping it moving. All right, before we leave the NFL, there are a couple other games uh, that I want to kind of touch on before we look at some of these college matchups. I talked about the Kansas city Miami. So that's going to be must see TV early Sunday morning on how that one plays out. Also uh, the era without Josh McDaniels starts uh, this weekend, the two and its six Giants. Uh, that's who they're playing. Look, Antonio Pierce, the intern coach. You know, he was he, he was kind of linebackers coach or with Herm Edwards, at Arizona State. Saw his press conference. Um, I saw Devonte Adams come. And you know, Devonte used some words like, you know, there was a change that needed to come. But you know, have guys go back to having fun, and we'll see. And I want to run through. A wall for Antonio. You know, I know he's the defense. Antonio Pierce letting us know that, hey, he grew up Raiders. I'm from South Compton. Grew up with NWA Raiders. I'm like, hey, I know that the gear sold a lot, Antonio Pierce, but what are we doing? Are they trying to do anything to save uh, this season? Uh, there was a great article on SI that talking about the lack of confidence, Dante, for Mark Davis to get this right. Um, I had the stats in front of me. I mean, you have to look at, first of all, keep in mind, the Raiders are going, are damn near about to hit the 40th anniversary mark for the last time they won a Super Bowl. 40 years. Means I was seven or six. Okay. And like I said, the last time that they won it, and the last time that they got invited was Ronald Reagan. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Still not good enough. We're still going over to play a damn NFL Sunday game, one of the games of the week in Germany. So let's see. Because to me, it's one of those that I believe they can say what they want, but you can't make me believe that it ain't every man for himself. 
right now going for the Raiders. A lot of these guys don't even know what this organization is going to be next season, if they're going to be back with this team or not. So the first thing everybody wants to do is fire the coach. I get it. If they consider it. I mean, the one thing I'm still not buying in, I don't care. I mean, if you look at Twitter reaction, though, because somebody put it out a lot of, you know, Raider Twitter, people like, damn, this locker room really hated Josh McDaniels. Well, to me personally, that somebody, maybe it's Antonio Pierce, because somebody gets credit on that sideline for not letting that team quit. That team did not quit on Josh. Maybe it's because of a coach or maybe it's Antonio Pierce while he's getting an intern. Maybe it's a coordinator who kept the locker room together, but that ain't a team because I think it's a lot of overreaction like, oh, after it looked like Monday night, they didn't get blown out Monday night. I mean, you know, if anything, it's more about, I think you got the Giants, the Raiders, because you might, I don't even know what the total is on this game, but I have to give you this stat. The Raiders, the Giants, and there's one other team that's averaging like 15.9 points a game, 18 point. If anything, it has to do with basically how anemic this offense might have been. But the Josh McDaniels post era gets going against the Giants uh, on Sunday. What do you got? Uh, the over under on that is 37 and a half. That's uh, low. Actually, with more juice on the over. Yeah. Uh, minus 112. The uh, spread, of course, just one and a half in favor of the Raiders. Five and two Seattle travel to Baltimore to take on the six and two Ravens. Uh, can Seattle keep it rolling on the road? Uh, the last time they were on the road kind of came up a little bit short, I believe. This is a big game. Baltimore has been hotter than fish grease in the last few weeks. I mean, Baltimore, I mean, Lamar Jackson and his receivers almost look like video game stuff that they're doing all of a sudden to hit a click. That's another important game that I'll have on my radar also the bills five and three at the four and three Bengals. this is another game that's on the cool if it wasn't for dallas and philly i would definitely excuse me let me rephrase that because i think dallas and philly is the game of the week regardless but if it wasn't for kansas city and miami i would have this game right here which is going to be sunday night i believe this is the game chris collinsworth is going to do um this would probably be the game of the week despite their records but look at this somebody Right. This is a game that has AFC playoff implications in it early already, right at the beginning of November, when you talk about the Bengals and the Bills. Okay. Ironically, keep in mind, this is the game that never got to be completed and never was rescheduled because, you know, the whole DeMar Hamlin situation last year, this is kind of this matchup. That's going to be another mega matchup that I'm going to be having my eyes to as well. Also, Uh, when we get back, we'll start talking about a little college. I want to, there are a couple matchups that I want to kind of give some nuggets out to that It'll be across my radar. We'll talk about that. We'll take a look at this NBA in-season in, in tournament that gets started uh, tonight. Let's see if they can switch my sway my opinion after taking a look at this stuff tonight. You listen to a sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here for the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. 
Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 